Welcome to the Sunday Brunch Series, where girl talk has never felt better. We're bringing that brunch and chill therapeutic vibe straight to your ears. I'm sitting down with a few of my friends to talk all things womanhood. Grab your cozy blanket, tuck in, and let's have a girl chat. Welcome back for another episode of the Lovish Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Sita Hood, vision architect and licensed therapist. How are you doing today? What's in your mug? I know y'all see this lovely young lady sitting here. I will get to her and introduce her or bring back to faithful listeners. Talk about her being in the studio in just a second, but what's in your mug, honey? I got to give a shout out to my girl, Bridget, because Bridget knows that I collect these Starbucks cups, okay? She knows tumblers and Starbucks cups, and she got me the green one for my birthday because the 24K green. Come on, Bridget. Come on. Bridget said, drink your water and mind your business, okay? (laughs) So we're using the green Starbucks cup from Bridget, and I did not brew my coffee yet. Sitting here in the studio with my friend... Jesus' second favorite daughter, because I'm the first, Marquiana. What's good, Marquiana? How you feeling today, girl? I agree with most of that intro, but (laughs) I'm feeling really good. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be back. Wonderful. So usually, as you know, because you're a listener of the podcast. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with it. (laughs) We do a what's in your mug. So what's in my mug is the water because Bridget's like, girl, I hear you. I hear you. But mentally, I would like to ask you what is in your mug. I'm feeling refreshed, clearly, right? I do sleep monitoring on my watch and your girl got an excellent score over the night. So, you know, we're we're in a good space. You feel me? Where are you mentally today? What's in your mug? I am feeling really good. And I think, no, I know the podcast is the reason because usually I get up and I'm just kind of, okay, dance, like, you know, hitting the routine, walking the dog and all of that stuff. But today I had an excuse to get ready. (laughs) And as they say, you know, when you, when you look good, you feel good. So I'm feeling good. I have a busy week, but feeling good period boom period okay so uh for those that don't know this is mark's second time on the podcast the first time we cut up the second time i'm sure will be no different um and so i wanted to do this series for the month of february talking about Sunday brunch, girl talk, all the things in between, because I feel like there's so much competition, not just in the world, but also on social media. You have all this pressure to look a certain way, feel a certain way, be a certain way. How do you even make friends as a grown woman? Like, what am I supposed to do? What if I accidentally ghost you? How long do I respond between text messages? Like all these questions about friendships, all these things that we as women need to talk about. And so when I thought about doing this series, I'm like, you know, what's the most like therapeutic, fun, exciting thing that women do? It's going to brunch. Okay. It's brunch and chill. That's the era we in, honey. Love and brunch. trying to do all that other stuff. Hello, it's the brunches, honey. Mm-hmm. I might wear some heels for a little bit, but I ain't finna be doing all that. Mm-mm. No, we ain't standing outside at 2 a.m. no more. <laughs> we no don't do that. 
Too grown Yes. And so this is not a substitute for therapy, but I feel like those girl time brunches where you just, you know, have a meal, sit down, talk, you're really cute. Those are therapeutic. Those are soul stirring conversations. And so I wanted to loop you into a little bit of that. Mark and I are going to be talking about several things today on the podcast that are real life issues that women go through. So with that being said, Mark, what does walking in purpose mean to you personally? And how did you discover your own sense of purpose? So I think I'm still discovering my sense of purpose because I don't know that it's one thing but a quote that always stood out to me and I think about this all the time as it relates to purpose is something that Apostle Matthew Stevenson said and he essentially said if you're looking for your purpose find out what you can't talk about for a long time without crying and for me I also don't think purpose is something that's like so far removed from you like once you discover what it is at the core it just clicks together And so for me, I've always been a fair person. I want everything to be fair for the most part, where we can have equality, let's have equality, where we need equity, let's do equity. But the thing that brings me to tears, and I am not a big crier, is uh, the Khalif Browder story. And Mm -hmm. so for people who are not familiar with him, really quickly, he was a 16-year-old boy. He was a child in New York. He was accused of stealing a backpack. He was sent to Rikers Island. He could not afford bail, so he was not released and not found guilty yet, just there because he could not pay to get out. And he ended up spending about three years there, and the majority of that time he was in solitary confinement. And so they did a documentary on his life. And it was either five or six parts. And I watched episode one, was bawling, and then couldn't go back for another year to watch the other episodes. And one of my best friends was like, did you finish that Times documentary? And I was like, mind your business. Like, this is tough. (laughs) And so, like, that is just something that is, like, really, really sad to me. And so, and connecting that to my purpose, I know my purpose is to do, at least occupationally, to do research, to look into how people who are in those types of situations can better manage their mental health, and also looking at how individuals in those situations can reintegrate into society, because not everyone who goes to jail or prison is guilty, and a lot of times they have, you know, like this mark, we call it the mark of a criminal record on them. Yeah. Um, And even if you are guilty, you should be able to reintegrate into society. And so many times people are not. And the most important part of that Khalif Browder story is once he was released, he was, you know, speaking, being an advocate, and then he committed suicide. And so it's just Mm. this really sad, tragic story. And that's the thing that brings me to tears. And that's connected to my purpose. This show is connected to your purpose, because for those that don't know, Mark is in a PhD program and this is what your dissertation is around, right? Yeah. And I I see that and I feel that really strongly. I feel like you do get really passionate when it comes to that. And that I love even how you said like purpose is not just one thing, core purpose, because I feel like that is kind of where our paths intersect professionally. Because as you were talking about that, I was thinking about part of my core purpose, which is challenging systemic oppression. And so when I heard this story, so many parts of there is like the system failed him. Right. Like people 
failed him. And the only way for us to fix that is for us to do work in the system, on the system, but it has to be done by people at the top level, the mid level, and even on the ground level. And so I love how you said that and how you said like, it's still about discovering your own sense of purpose. I talk a lot on a podcast about how purpose is one thing, right? It's one thing, but the expression of our purpose shifts from season to season. So my core purpose remains the same. I'm always going to be like, "Uh uh-uh, down with the system. This system ain't working. Let's reevaluate it. Let's go back into it. But what that looks like, hello, don't get me hyped up. Okay. Don't get me hyped up. I will. (laughs) What that looks like is going to be different. It's different in different capacities. Like I remember when I used to work at a therapeutic day school, probably about four years ago, I worked at this therapeutic day school, but I was transitioned to a, or transferred to a new campus. And at this campus, one of the first people that I was assigned was a young African-American boy. And I can remember him being treated unfairly. And I say unfairly because he was not there because he was violent. He was not there because he was loud and boisterous and cursed people out. He was passively aggressive, meaning he would just sit there and not do what you told him to do. Because if you were being rude to him, then he just sat there. He always did what I asked him to do, but also I wasn't attacking him, yelling at him, you know, authoritative. And the part that broke my heart about his story is because it was him in an affluent neighborhood and you had white counterparts that were yelling, you know, cursing, punching, throwing chairs, hurting staff. And they were given chance after chance after chance in the program. This boy held a classroom hostage for like half a day, I think maybe two times. And he poked a hole using a pencil. He poked a hole in a piece of music equipment and he was expelled. And that hurt my heart because this boy was also considered homeless. His mom had kicked him out. He didn't have anywhere to go besides school. So now if we put that together, like this tragedy of you having whatever trauma you have at home, because let's keep it a hundo, he probably wasn't even telling the full story of what was happening at home. But whatever he's got going on at home, then he comes to school and nobody really understands him. And this is where he gets a meal and we're loading him up on food before he leaves and you know where you're going to be staying tonight etc and then y'all expel him and I was his therapist but there was nothing I could do about it and I left work in tears and it was one of my first cases at this site or at this campus and I remember people being like oh my god she's crying over a student like but the depth of that was connected to my purpose it's more than just the student it's about people's stories Mm -hmm. it's about how life really impacts them and and who has compassion for this 16 year old kid that we've just now kicked out because he used a pencil to poke a hole in a piece of equipment yeah and he's a kid what are we doing doing? yeah what are we doing yeah i have a (laughs) follow-up question how do you feel about daily purpose Because I also feel like there's an overarching purpose, but then I feel like sometimes I get lost in the grand scheme of this big thing. And sometimes my purpose for today is to be nice to the person, you know, that I'm passing in the (laughs) store or just something really small. And I try to remember that so that I'm not, you know, constantly working towards the goal or, you know, if someone's calling me like a family member and they really need to talk, my purpose for today is to, you know, maybe talk them off the ledge or something. So how do you feel about that? But isn't that still connected to your core purpose, the expression of your purpose? Like, that's how I view it. Like, 
I think we break stuff down and we overcomplicate it. Like when we hear purpose, it's like <gasps> dun, 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 purpose work. But in reality, like, come on, purpose is to, yeah. purpose. If you're a Christian, your purpose is to know and follow hard after Christ. Yeah. So what that looks like in the daily life is going to be different. You may have a vision, a desire, a goal that God put on your heart and the day-to-day interactions matter for that goal. So like when I think about it, the way that you, you ask the question about daily purpose, I feel like that would be something very similar to what we did with the vision mapping workshop. <laughs> I'm going to link it down below because <laughs> just keep coming up and just keep coming up. and let's just know I'm talking about it every podcast but seriously you think about this overarching word that you choose for the year you think about um, how you break that down into a quarter you think about how you break that down into a month you think about how you break it down into a week and how you break it down into a day and so it may not be like let's say the my let's take your purpose for example your overarching purpose is okay I think we need to impact the prison system what that's going to look like could not be doing research on a day to day it could be just talking kindly and coaching somebody and I use coaching very loosely, coaching somebody through a hard moment after hearing their story about, you know, being involved with somebody who went to prison or whatever, like, or it could not be that. It could be that somebody is just stressed, but does that mean it doesn't contribute to your overall purpose? No. Know what I'm saying? I do. Okay, Prophet Sita. Okay, take it easy now. We're going to move on to the next question. Fear and self-doubt can often stop us from pursuing our purpose. So how have you personally overcome these obstacles on your own journey? I haven't. Jesus just kicked me into stuff. Come on and tell the truth. Since that I haven't. I feel that. (laughs) Because what the Lord does, which is very smart, is he will make me uncomfortable in a situation. And Mm. I don't like being uncomfortable. So even if I'm scared or if I feel like, oh, I don't know, you know, am I smart enough? Am I tough enough? Am I whatever enough? The Lord is like, okay, you want to sit here? Cool. I got you. And I will be uncomfortable. And that's literally what happened, at least at my last job, where I could not take it anymore and literally quit work altogether and enrolled in school full time. And I was scared. I was you said that last time too. So you said no, that. Last time. I mean, it was <laughs> you living here, and then you're like, "Hey, yeah, I'm moving." Bye. I'm like, "What? When did this happen?" So it's still wild. <laughs> yeah. That it is. Still don't have a full time job. <laughs> still pursuing this. Yes, wow, that's the look. <laughs> you, cause baby, the way these bills billing in 2024, honey. Yeah, my credit card uh, statement would agree with you. But, um, yeah, basically, I don't overcome. I get uncomfortable, and then I can't handle that. And then I just move forward because there's nowhere else to move. Mm, so it sounds like you get, like, Nike and just do it. And I love Once Nike, you, too. Like, back into a corner, and you're like, okay, fine, move out my way. I'm going to come out swinging. I'm not going to fold. I'm going to come out swinging. So she said uh, she a city girl from Chicago. <laughs> Literally. Cause period. Cause period. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I think that's a great answer. Thank you for that. Right. Like on the podcast, we, we, we talk about being authentic, but nobody wants to actually be like, yeah, girl, I'm still scared. <laughs> 
nobody wants to be like, yeah, girl, I still struggle with self-doubt. But the truth is that never goes away. Yeah. Because as you continue doing like purpose work and discovering who you are from season to season, like you said, the Lord going to keep on pushing you out there. It's almost weird, but I be feeling like I got to convince people. I said I'm not going to do this in 2024 because period. No, I'm done. I almost have to convince people that I am an introvert because they see my personality on a podcast. They see me, you know, on social media and stuff. And they're like, oh, you're not afraid. You're confident. You're this, you're that. I'm like, no, I'm actually an introvert. Like I actually be tucked in the back of the back of the back. Okay. No and doubt. if I could stay in the car, I'd do that too. Like <laughs> no doubt. I ain't even trying to go in. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like if I'm not comfortable, it's a no. But seeing as how you and I, you listening to this podcast, we're so, you know, we so connected. I feel like I can be myself here. You feel me? Okay. Okay. And we can bring Mark in for a little razzle dazzle, you know? Oh, <laughs> but realistically speaking i just don't think you ever do like have no thoughts of fear no thoughts of self-doubt you just have to push past it you have to do it scared you have to not be afraid to fail or what your idea of a failure is i was talking to my business coach a little bit ago and i was telling her like i kind of feel like a failure with something that came up and you know, I have to pivot or whatever. And she's like, girl, why are you feeling like a failure? Don't businesses pivot all the time? Isn't it a business's job to see what's working and what's not working and respond appropriately? Like you are a business. Do what businesses do. I said, come on, you better get me together. Because listen, chicken go on sale, honey. <laughs> chicken goes on sale. When it doesn't sell at the regular price for the way they popped it off, whatever, they throw it right on sale. I was missing the it. connection, but I got it now. I, I was going to bring you in. Okay. I was going to bring you in. <laughs> It'd be the metaphors. <laughs> Maybe right here. Yeah. <laughs> but the point being, everything goes on sale, which is not to say that a sale is always a pivot, but it could be a pivot. It could be somebody being like, oh, yeah, you know, this isn't working. Let's try something else. For example, I know we was going to kind of get into something like this a little bit later, but how you pointed out, like, Starbucks is coming for us right now. Like, oh, Starbucks absolutely. like, yo, want this deal. Get this deal. Grab this coffee for free. Like, <laughs> Never seen so many Starbucks emails in my life. Yeah. And I didn't really notice that. Like they said, they were running the program different, but I didn't really pay attention to how much they were giving up for the free until you was like, hey, you must see how Starbucks been begging us to come in. No doubt. And for those that don't know, well, why don't I, I'll let you shed some light on like why you feel like Starbucks is giving us free coffee, basically, with three times the points on Thursday and... (laughs) Hey guys, I got coffee here in my coat. Why they keep sweat begging? <laughs> yes, because uh, they out here. I mean, and I'm gonna tell you, no doubt they um 
I think part of it is the um, fact that people have been not protesting against, but saying, I'm not going to purchase Starbucks because of the situation that is happening or the war slash genocide that is happening in Israel. And I don't want to be insensitive by calling it a war because I know some people are like, flat out, it's a genocide. Right. But Starbucks and some other companies were found out that they were funding Israel. And so a lot of people were saying, I am not going to get my daily coffee drink in the morning and all of a sudden and I don't really believe in coincidence but all of a sudden Starbucks were sending all of the deals unlike ever before so I mean is it a pivot or a pivot I'm just saying is it a pivot or a pivot it's a pivot right and so point being the things that we perceive as a failure as controversial because at the end of the day Starbucks is going to be Starbucks they going to keep doing what they do. It, you got to decide. This kind of takes us back to that episode uh, I did on Balenciaga, principles like Balenciaga. You're going to have to decide where you stand with that. And if you're going to support that company, because they're going to do what they're going to do. And so taking that broader concept of like Starbucks going to do what it's going to do. Balenciaga going to do what it's going to do. If they need to pivot, they're going to pivot. If they need to apologize and move forward, they're going to do it. But guess what? Both of them are still getting sales. Yep. So point being you may perceive something as a failure you may perceive something as you know like see this was my worst fear come true i knew i couldn't do this so i knew this was gonna happen blah 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 just do it like these larger companies and keep going yeah keep going through the adversity if you need to apologize apologize and move forward i think one of the best examples of somebody who's done this tastefully and gracefully is jackie ina when she released some candles a little bit ago yeah yeah we it's like we forgot all about mm-hmm. it because it's Jackie. Yeah. Jackie, 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 Jackie. Jackie, 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 but no, Jackie, she released some candles. Some people found it offensive. She apologized for the candle release. And Jackie gone about her business, baby. Yes. Jackie is doing bigger and better. She like, listen, I messed up. Okay. I'm sorry I offended y'all. Yes. Let's keep it moving. And and I don't say that lightly because I'm sure behind the scenes she may have really like had a breakdown about it or felt the way about it or was like, oh my gosh, that's not what I intended. Whatever behind the scenes thing she did, she gracefully addressed the issue at hand and moved forward. So I think that kind of is the take home nugget there. It's not necessarily about being able to just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get it right every time. No, you won't. You're going to mess up. So the only thing to do is just to do it. And I I recognize that sometimes that can push us into depressive episodes. Sometimes it can make us anxious to start again, etc. So I've talked really openly about struggling with major depressive disorder. I know, Mark, you have talked about struggling with major depressive disorder as well. And so both of us know that depression can definitely feel isolating, especially after you perceive that you failed a thing or you like are caught up in a cycle of self-doubt. Can you share uh, your experience in building a supportive community or, you know, your squad, those people who understand you and uplift you and can just like put you in a better place when you are experiencing a depressive episode? Yeah. So present company included as part of the squad. Because period. And... (laughs) Okay. I love the little. But for those that are listening, that's me. 
I'm sorry, can you repeat the question? Essentially, like, what was your experience like building a supportive squad who can uplift you and who understand, like, depression, even if they don't struggle with it, you know? Like, what was that like? I don't want to answer for you, but I know, I, I guess I'll give my answer first. Like, for me, it was a lot to explain depression to people and depressive episodes that it's not just a thing that you can just, like snap out of or you know like oh why didn't I think of just being happy okay like no it doesn't work that way and sometimes when you are in an episode you can't identify the starting point so uh, for example when we first moved to our new home it was a good time right I was super excited but I went into a depressive episode for like three months and um, I was talking to a friend and I was like, I'm in a depressive episode and I'm not really sure what triggered it because I had been doing well for a long time, but I'm here and it kind of sucks that I'm here, but I'm acknowledging, I'm taking it easy, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, I don't really understand, but I'm here. I love you. I blah, blah, blah. You know, all the things that friends say. And then recently I was reading uh, The Mountain Is You by Brianna Wiest. Weist. I don't know how to say her name. And she talks about this adjustment period that is so stressful, even with accomplishing things that you really, really want and how that can push people into a depressive episode or anxiety and different things like that. And so for me, I've had to work really hard to surround myself with people who are okay with me showing up as I am. Like I did not necessarily have that from the start, right? So some of the A1 day one, and I'm doing air quotes for the listeners, some of the A1 day ones just were not, they wasn't getting it. You know, they like, girl, how are you depressed? Why are you depressed? Depression, depression. So does that mean blah, blah, blah? You know, just all these stereotypes. So essentially... I'm curious about what your experience was like in cultivating community of people that make you feel good when you're in those depressive episodes or even support you. I don't know. As you were talking, I was thinking, I wonder if some of my friends will watch this and be like, girl, you be depressed. And it's like a shock <laughs> to them. Um, because I do talk about it with some of my friends, but it's been more recently in the last few years. And I think the answer to that question is that I built up a good squad outside of depression, like not necessarily considering that. Mm -hmm. And what that meant for me is I'm the type of friend who likes to show up and support. So whether that's your event or business or whatever that is. And that is what I would also like from my friends. And so yeah. I think it's really basic about, you know, being a good friend. And something has happened since the pandemic. And me and my friends kind of talk about this, where there are these relationships, not just friendships, but people's romantic relationships, where people have become entitled and they're really expecting so much from people, which, okay, that's fine, but they're not willing to give that. There's so much access to people. Yes. Like, you need yes. to be that connected. Yo, bro. <laughs> I, I just don't understand that. And I, I call myself like a low maintenance friend. I'm not going to be a person dumping all of my problems and issues on you. And so I think just having... Just being a good person. I think sometimes we underestimate just being a good person and being a good friend. And I've had, I've been blessed to have like 
friends from grammar school, high school, college, you know, where these are longstanding friendships. And I think because we've had that foundation, when I was saying I'm depressed, I've had to, I'm big on accountability. So I've had to look within myself and say, how can I best uh, communicate this to somebody? Because there was a period last year where I took a month, like four to six weeks where I was like, I just don't want to talk to anybody. I am mentally. I'm glad you brought that up. I was definitely going to bring that up, but continue. (laughs) Oh yeah. It was going to get called. Um, And I think that was like tied to depression. Definitely. I was mentally exhausted, but there were like the friends that I talked to regularly that I just either called or text and said, Hey, I have to get ghosts for a little while. I just need to. And I think they respected that. Some of them were like, some friends that I didn't even talk to every day was like, Oh my gosh, I wanted to call you all the time, but they respected that boundary. And so I think, you know, depression looks different in different people. And if you're someone who's trying to support a friend who is depressed, you know, ask them what that looks like for them and, you know, how you can be helpful and you just have to respect their boundaries. Because one thing that I say, you know, I want to be nice, I want to be kind, but my mental health takes precedence. So whoever has to get pushed to the back, it just is what it is. And if you don't understand that, that's not for me to manage. I, I cannot. It's time to talk about what I've been loving. Product recommendations, shout outs to family and friends, and overall gratitude. Let's get into it. Welcome back to another What I've Been Loving, and we are going to invite our guest to also share what she's been loving this week. This week's What I've Been Loving is The Mountain Is You, and that is available in digital format and also in paper book or hard book format. Check it out. Check it out. It's really been uh, bringing home some lessons here. I have been loving Pandora jewelry, which is not a cheap thing to be loving but my sister got me a bracelet for christmas and i needed to put charms on it and that just been down a winding road of spending money okay thank you so much for sharing i applaud that choice that is beautiful we love that around here can i send you my bill we love that can i send you my bill no okay Okay. Be sure to tune in to next week's episode for part two. But that is all we have for you today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you enjoyed it, share the love. Share with your mama, share with your auntie, share with your best friend. Then head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. All right, that's all I have for you today. I'll see you on these social media streets. Bye.